welcome. This is Talking Joy, creating joy, inner peace, and authentic connections. My name is Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and I am founder of lifestyle brand Talking Joy. As a certified spiritual director, I have been leading groups with the power of words, the strength of positivity, and the gift of joy. During our time together, our focus will be on simple spiritual practices that can be applied to your everyday life with the wisdom and support of others. Talking Joy talks to help you realize your value. I am so glad you're here. Simple, joyful, fun. Let's get talking. So welcome to the uh, Talking Joy podcast. I'm here with my team today and we're so happy to be together, but unfortunately we're still on Zoom, even though it's June 2021, Um, but we're making plans to get back together and, and record together because there's an intimacy um, when we're all together and, and a connection that we have that, that we've all been missing over the last you know, year and a half. So um, I just thought we'd take a minute today to sort of just ground ourselves. Take a deep breath in through your nose. And just out through your mouth and just settle your feet into the floor. Or if you're out for a walk or driving in the car, just settle your feet. Just feel all the weight into your feet and in that sensation in your feet of of weight and grounded. And I want you to take another deep breath in and just breathe in peace, breathe in kindness for yourself, love. And on the out breath, just let go of anything that you're holding, any tension in your body. Let go of any holding in your hands in your jaw, relax your shoulders. And then take just one more deep breath in and just fill yourself up with that love and kindness. And on the out breath, just a letting go. And a reminder of that focus on your feet to be here now. Nowhere to go, nowhere to be, except for in this moment, filling yourself up. All right. I love to do that sometimes because it just settles my energy and settles the energy of a group. Um, And it's so easy to do that if you can just pause and take a minute because often I I start to feel, and I'm feeling this urgency lately, and I talked about this recently on another podcast, I'm feeling this urgency to get back into life and say yes to everything. Um, And a great practice, you know, I'm feeling is, is saying no to some things and yes to most um, and finding that, that special balance. So I wanted to talk about the practices, spiritual practices for summer. Um, There's something about the change of pace of our lives during these months that makes it a little easier to dedicate time to growth on our path. Um, perhaps we have moments of heightened sensitivity to a camp or when we're on vacation or some longer days that invite us to reflect on our lives a little bit more. Um, so I would love for you to encourage you to explore that this summer. Um, and maybe that's the offering or the gift in the podcast today is um is to really slow down and not say yes to everything because I feel the tendency to be getting invites to so many things. Um, And 
so anyway, I'm going to start with this, and this is from Spirituality and Practice. They say that gold is the color of summer. In Tibet, it is known as the color of healing. And in the first week of summer, we welcome the season by filling our house and your workplace with golden objects reflecting the color of the summer moons. And so that might be an invitation for you guys today to, um, to be on the lookout for the color yellow. And sometimes I play things like that, like a game if somebody plants that seed in me. So when you go out today or this week, look for, look for golden colors or yellow and see if you can bring that into your home and decorate your home a little bit um, with that. Um, a spiritual practice for summer at this time of the year when your energy is at its fullest, it's a time abuzz with energy and activity, party, celebration, and when nature and everything is in its full bloom, ripe with fruiting. At this time of the year, we can use the fullness of this energy to fuel our life intentions. Um, so don't let the busyness of summer get in the way of honoring the season and make an altar of the season. Do any of you guys make altars? Or have you done that in the past? So I have, um, I'm, I'm looking at everybody, they're not, nobody's saying yes right now, but um, I have an altar in my, in my prayer space or my sunroom, that that's the place where I spend a lot of my quiet time. And in that place, and we've talked about this before, and you guys know me, I keep things that are sacred, but you could also have an altar in your kitchen um, on your windowsill in your kitchen or a place where you and your kids bring things like this yellow flower to that place and sort of honor it like, oh, this is our special place where we always put flowers or we always put, um, you know, somewhere that you'll see often. That's why I say the kitchen It's somewhere you pass through in your house that that's an obvious. Have you guys ever tried doing that? Jennifer? Well, I think I did mention this once before, and, and we might have touched on that subject. Um, at my old beach house, I used to put, I used to find heart-shaped stones or sea glass. And so it was all displayed on my, um, on my uh, mantle in my living room. But that house was sold, and I kept all the heart-shaped stones and sea glass and shells and whatever else I had found. And I moved to a new house and I kind of didn't know where to put it. So I actually bought a window box um, frame and hot glued all the hearts mm. inside the frame. And it's in my bathroom right now. So every day I walk in and I see this on the wall now. But I've also, since I've been in the new house, have on my walks or if I, you know, when I go to the beach and I still find heart-shaped things, now it's starting to collect on my windowsill in the kitchen where I spend a lot of my time. So, so I love that you took something from a place that was special to you and you recreated it and brought it and you smiled when you were telling the story. So what do those stones do for you? Um, well, they're, they're symbolic. I, I mean, I, I sort of attach myself to things that are shaped like hearts. My birthday's on Valentine's day. So, and it's right there in front of you. I feel like it just, it's a reminder to like, oh, there's love in the world and spread the love and 
you know, it could be a little corny, but, but I think it's sweet for other ways to really pay attention this summer to nature and to being outside. Um, and one of them is a gratitude walk. And I'm sure we've talked about that before, but you could walk slowly, keeping your senses attuned to the wonders around you. And in appreciation, you can give thanks um, to the, to the different things you see. And I think that's a really fun thing to do with your kids because it's just a reminder not to take things for granted, but when we notice them to sort of stop and see them. And when you do that to your kids, you're sort of painting that idea on them so that when they become adults, you know, they really uh, appreciate everything outside. Um, how about going barefoot? <laughs> it's good for the skin to touch the earth. And people used to like to take off their, their moccasins and walk barefoot on the sacred earth. The soil was soothing, strengthening, cleansing, and healing. Do you guys often take your shoes off when you walk in nature, Joanne? Um, even sometimes when I go to my son's baseball games, um, I'll lay out a blanket for my daughter and my dog to lay on, and then I'll end up laying on it too because I find it more comfortable than the fold-up chairs. And I'll just be sitting there with flip-flops on, so I'll throw them off, and then I find the rest of the game that I'm just walking around barefoot, and it's so fun. It's just like a little like childhood reminder, and it feels so good on your feet. Um, I love it. It's a nice little thing that I do with my kids and myself during like his games or even just playing in the backyard or the front yard. They always say, mom, can I take off my shoes? And I'm always like, of course, go for it. Watch where you step, but, <laughs> but enjoy. Seems like it's one of those things from childhood that we forget. You know, you just said my kids take their shoes off all the time. And I, I'm guessing that your kids all take your shoes off. Mine do. I remember we arrived at a wedding once in Philadelphia, you know, a couple hours away and my son bounced out of the car and I was like, where are your shoes? And he was like, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so we drove around trying to buy shoes because he uh, of course, you know, was always barefoot, but there's something about that, about touching your feet to the earth. And we don't often do that. And maybe this is just a nice, you know, sweet reminder of um of getting out there we got a garden this year for the first time like a we went joined a community garden and i've never done that before and it was kind of fun do do any of you i've been doing um a fair amount of gardening just floral gardening not um vegetables um or fruits and i i really i i find it so gratifying and, you know, just to get your hands dirty and, you know, to plan it out and then to enjoy it um, as you're sitting outside. And um, I try to get the kids involved, um, you know, and it's fun to try to figure out what's a weed and, and what's a flower. And, and it's kind of educational as well. Um, but it is very, you know, like, like having your toes in the sand or in the, the grass at the baseball game, you know, you really get your hands in the, in the dirt and, um, and get connected to nature. So I like that. Yeah. Another great thing I think to do with your kids, because we forget, you know, the kids are on, especially this past year, you know, if you didn't want your kid on their computer, computer all the time, it was really, it was a necessity. So um, Marilyn Barrett writes that although weeding, cutting back and transplanting are activities that may seem repetitive and never ending, when seen as necessary an integral part of the overall unfolding of the garden scheme, they become purposeful rather than boring. In fact, what may appear on the surface to be tedious work may, in the actual doing, be spiritually liberating. 
It takes time to contemplate the small and observing the details of our gardens, we can experience life on a manageable scale. Get in touch with the spiritual, spirituality and the discipline of attention, repetition, and the humility of working in your garden. Experience your time there as a spiritual workshop. Um, and so just to give you that language to sort of when you go and do simple tasks that it is a spiritual practice, you're doing something for yourself, check in after you garden, Blair, and ask yourself how you feel. I mean, even in your description of your hands and the earth, um, you know, it is a spiritual practice. We reconnect with the earth, just like I asked you to reconnect with your body when we started today, reconnecting with that breath and the awareness of Another uh, idea for summer is to waste some time. Do you guys feel like you waste time in the summer? Joanne? Oh, yeah, I love wasting time. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like it's important for uh, creativity. You know, unless you're sitting there bored for a little bit, you're not going to realize everything that could be brewing in your head that needs to come out, you know? Um, yeah, I think, I think wasting time is so beautiful. And I mean, I don't know what people consider wasting time though. Um, do you mean sitting on the couch or do you mean like sitting on the back patio or do you mean shopping? Like, what do you, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, whatever that is for you, what do you, you know, wasting time, you have to, def to give me the definition of what that is for you. I guess I don't even really consider any part of life wasting time. Because I think downtime is really important. I think, you know, when you feel like shopping, go. When you feel like just sitting out in the back patio and like looking at the beautiful flowers and listening to the birds, do it. If I feel like sitting on my couch and watching HGTV, that is like much needed resting time. <laughs> and I take it and I don't feel bad about it. I do, however, get upset sometimes when I can't do it when I need it. Mm -hmm. And what stops you? Um you know, just the, the countless activities maybe with the kids and um, the chores. But I also partly enjoy the chores. Like when you were saying, you know, gardening can be somewhat spiritual. I actually almost turned my folding clothes and my, I guess, somewhat ritual slash, I, I turned my chores into little spiritual rituals, I think, to make myself feel more grounded and better. I feel like they have to be done no matter what. So I, I try to do it in a way or in a technique that I enjoy. Um, and then I get a feeling of accomplishment after. Um, but that's what was going through my mind when you said, turn the gardening into a, you know, a spiritual ritual. Yeah. And I was that's like, a great reminder for, for the tasks that we can sometimes become resentful of or feel yeah. resentful about doing. Um, has anybody ever felt like that with the stuff that's that needs to be done with the kids and around your house? You start to feel a little resentful, you know, maybe towards your husband or your spouse or your significant other. Well, even with the, the gardening, you know, I, sometimes I get a little overzealous and I buy all of these flowers and then I need to get them in the ground, but maybe it's too hot. And then I'm, you know, keeping them kind of on a porch waiting. Um, but you know, I try to see it also as a, a connection to my mother who is very into gardening. And she, I know I send her kind of ideas kind of before and afters. And then she finally came to visit 
after a 10 month hiatus. I hadn't seen her. And it was so wonderful to be out there. And now she has bad knees, so she can't get down in the dirt and, and garden. But she was advising me on, on plantings and, and ideas. And that was really helpful. And also, I feel like, you know, like Joanne was saying, you know, it's not just a task. There's something else to it. And to see it as a connection, um, you know, to a family member or, you know, to yourself or to the earth, it does provide more import into a, um, you know, a otherwise mundane or, or, you know, kind of a rote task, which I really like. Yeah, I love that. For a couple of things that you said there, I loved that your mom was teaching you because it's so important for us to do the same thing with, with our kids or whoever's in our life to show them you know, how to do that. And a lot of times they just do it by, or they, you show them just by doing it. Um, and then the other thing is that I love that Joanne touched on that we can carry this idea of being present and appreciating all of these things into all of those tasks, those ordinary tasks that folding the laundry, which I've always had a hard time with just because it seems like it never ends. Um, for me, but it's, I'm always reminded when someone else tells me that they appreciate doing it. Um, so, you know, wasting time is to quit doing and revel in just being. And it sounds to me, Joanne, that that's what you were suggesting is that you, you know, it wasn't so much the doing of the laundry, but you're reveling in the, in just being there in, in the task and appreciating it. I even had a mom once, and I maybe mentioned this before, but I had a mom once say that she would pray over the clothes for her kids, you know, as she was folding them or even have gratitude for the fact that she has the children that she can fold the laundry for that, you know, you really, there's so many layers on it that you can kind of shift your perspective for certain mundane tasks in your life. Um, I also think wasting time that we, it's that idea of, you know, we have a hammock out in the backyard and how many times do you ever really use it? And I got on it about a week ago and it was like the most delightful 15 minutes that I've spent in a really long time. It was just breezy. And so the encouragement during these slower, this slower time in our life is to, um, is to really take advantage of those things because the days are longer and, you know, there's not as much pressure to, to be everywhere. Lindsay. I was just going to say um, when my husband and I say, Oh, the kids have to get outside like send them outside to play. The kids are always like, well, what do we do? And it's like, all right, we'll get some chalk or get some bubbles or, you know, make the nature soup that you make with like the leaves and the sticks and stuff. But there's always like, like we kind of have to like lead them and like get out all the things and the bouncy castle. But sometimes in like a random moment, I'll just go outside and sit on the front steps with the dog. Cause I love just like kind of people watching up and down the street. And I noticed that one by one, my kids kind of come outside. What are you doing, mom? I'm like, come sit with me. Okay. And then like the dog will pick up the soccer ball and then they'll chase the dog. And it just kind of turns into an impromptu time waster. And it's, um, you know, unscheduled and unled. And it's sometimes it's just like really fun. And then I'll take like some videos and them running around. I love those moments and try to make them happen organically as much as I can. But really it's like a plan in my head. Like if I go outside, they will follow. And, um, and, and I guess I didn't, I didn't know the name of it, but now I know it's time wasting, but also it's like time wasting, good time wasting. And Lindsay, if you walked by another woman's house and you saw that picture, you saw her sitting on the front step, 
and the dog playing with the soccer ball and the kids running around, what would go through your mind? I would get the warm fuzzies because I would know I would, I just, I would love being like, oh, I live in a town where like people do that. You know, I love that. And it's enviable. It's sort of like, oh, that's what I'm I'm searching for. And it's right there. If you just open the front door, Um, I had to write a brag sheet for my son um, for Jennifer knows what this is, but you have to do it when the kids are in high school so that the teachers can write letters of recommendation. So the parents sort of do this brag sheet and they were asking me, uh, you know, about my son. And so my husband and I kind of filled it out and, and I said that he has a really good work life balance. And what I mean by that is that he does his homework. He's an athlete. He goes to practice. He's committed. He's never late. He doesn't turn in assignments late. But the balance part for me is that I always had my kids outside when they were little, just always. And my grandmother used to do that. Get outside, get outside. And that is a normal for him now. Like if he has downtime, he'll go fishing instead of sitting on his computer in the basement on a beautiful day. He'll grab his fishing pole and ask me to drop him off like yesterday at the Passaic, you know, river and he went fishing. Um, And so I think that when we do those things that seem so simple or unimpactful at the time, you're teaching your kids that that's peaceful, that that's, it's good to just be idle sometimes and to go outside and do that. Um, And it's, you're reminding yourself how you feel when you do it. So I love that. Yeah. I also feel like it helps you um, be more enthusiastic and energized for whatever comes next. You know, it's like you had that downtime to kind of recharge, recollect so that you're excited and ready for, you know, whatever, whatever is coming next and whoever. Yeah. And when you have younger kids, there's always something coming next. (laughs) Somebody falls down or, you know, all of those things. Um, So another suggestion on this list is to say hello to beauty. Um, and that sort of goes along with the same lines of, of, uh, going for a gratitude walk, but everywhere this woman says everywhere she strolls, she says, hello, beauty, you are magnificent beauty. (laughs) I know that sounds a little corny, but you guys have heard me say this, that it's different language. You know, if you say that to someone like, where did you see beauty today? They're, they're going to, it's going to cause them to pause and, and they'll, they'll ask you, you know, and I've asked you guys questions before, like, you know, tell me something miraculous that has happened to you in the last week. And if you think about that for a second, you know, I asked somebody that the other day and they were like, what? And then they came up with this, this incredible moment of something that happened And the moment wasn't like, oh, I bought a new car or I went to the mall and found the perfect dress. No, it's never that. Even though those things are fun and exciting, the moments are always about relationships, about some experience with family, some experience with their friends. And there's so much of that. Thank goodness, you know, the floodgates are open and there's the offerings are there for us. You know, Blair's mom was just here and you know, for us to be back with family. So those are the truly, the truly miraculous is Lindsay sitting on her front porch with the dog running around and the kids and on a beautiful summer night. That's the truly miraculous or beauty. Um, how many of you guys take naps in the summer? When I can, I totally will. But, you know, I can't always. 
When they had virtual school, though, I would sometimes, because they were looking at their computers and they had to be, I would absolutely lay down on the couch next to her and I would often fall asleep during Tia's gym class. <laughs> I love a good nap. <laughs> I love a good nap. Never get them, but I would. I would every day if I could. So funny. Everybody's different about. I, I mean, I would love to have a nap, but I just, I, I, my, my surroundings have to be just so like, it needs to be perfectly dark. I can't hear anything because I'm a very light sleeper. So it almost never happens, even though there's only most of the time, only two of the kids home during the day. Um, there's still noise and I can't, I just can't do it. I would love to, I mean, if I go to the beach, I can fall asleep on the beach. Um, but in the house, no well, chance. There you go. So that's your place, the beach yeah. to fall asleep. Right. How or about you, Katie? Your, um, I was going to say, maybe we could sneak over on your hammock and then go <laughs> away from our children. The couch that I'm currently sitting on, as you can see, is like the perfect, um, like, oh, stretch your legs. I have like this weighted blanket. So I have, I have like dozed off a couple times on this couch. It's nice because it's, I'm outdoors, like the fresh air feels so nice, but I'm not going to lie. There's been a, um, more often than not, the sound of the leaf blowers just kind of take over. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, the irony of this, like, I'm just finally trying to take a nap and this is making me more stressed out. Um, but I, yeah, I think, I think when you're like, just, if I'm tired, if I'm really, truly tired, like I I actually don't, there's like no other choice. Like I just have to force myself to like close my eyes for like 10 minutes. Um, but you know, that happens like maybe every other month or so. Um, yeah, so, but it's it's important. Well, that sofa is nice and deep. I'm helping somebody look for a sofa. And I was, I was saying that you need one that's nice and deep so you can curl up on it. But that looks like it's a, a peaceful, happy place for you. And if you have dozed off, that means you feel pretty relaxed in that place. Just like the beach for Jennifer um, and, you know, and what Joanne said about, you know, her kids were occupied. It's hard to nap when you have little kids, but you can doze off for a couple of seconds. And I think it adds, you know, a real, um, like a reset or a refreshness to your, to your day. Um, do any of you guys have things that you love to do in summer that you would want to share that, that are really meaningful for you? Like what's your favorite summertime activity? I love, um, you know, grilling out outside and, you know, rather than the, the food preparation, you know, inside in the kitchen where it's sort of separate from everyone. I feel like it's a invitation for everyone to kind of be outside together during the cooking process and um, being able to eat al fresco, um, you know, enjoy the backyard, enjoy the, the gardening that we've been doing and the cleanups. Um, I really like that. And also I like that it also encourages the husbands to um, take the lead sometimes on um, food preparation since uh, I know, I don't know if it's really the way it should be, but you know, the grill often kind of invites them in more than the stove. And, uh, and I feel like the kids really like it. And when we first moved here from, um, you know, a more urban area, the kids would say, I don't want the burger from the stove. I want it outside on the grill. It just tastes better, mom. And they they kind of, you know, embrace that whole suburban aspect. I hadn't even thought of that. And what a great reminder is that cooking is also a spiritual practice and can be in the way we nourish ourselves. And especially in the summer, there are foods that we can get all year round, but in the summer, 
you know, they're really special or better. And, you know, especially here in New Jersey with our tomatoes and corn and, and all of that great stuff in the garden state. So thanks for that reminder. Anybody else? I was just reminding me, I love the farmer's market and I know it's, it's open spring all the way through the fall, but it is awesome here in our town. And um, my kids like to go cause they like to get the pastries, but it's just, I just, even if I don't need anything or, or want, or like, you know, I have like a dinner out that night anyways, I don't need anything. I love walking through it. It just makes me feel very country. I don't know. <laughs> it makes you feel country. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, another suggestion on this list, and I know a lot of you belong to the pool is to float. When was the last time you floated in the pool? Never. It's kind of that same thing with your feet in the grass. Like we forget to do these things that were so great as children that we, you know, who, who thinks to float in the pool? And the suggestion here is, is to, um, when you're floating in the ocean, a lake or the pool to just reflect, um, and, and, and that feeling of being held, right. We, you know, we are held by, I believe by God, you know, God within us. And, and sometimes that's a great feeling to be held sort of in that vessel of water and you kind of look up at the sky and realize that, you know, you're so small in this great big world. It's just sort of a reminder to put things in perspective. You know, if you're worried about something. Um, I have a suggestion. I don't know if not everybody has a slide, but I suggest this year that if you're going to the pool with your kids, you happen to be adult kids or otherwise, go down the slide with them. Like, I feel like that's one of my favorite summer things to do. My kids and I will, you know, go through cycles going up and down, up and down, up and down until finally I'm exhausted. So I go sit down. But I love doing it with them. It's just so fun. <laughs> then you dive under the water and it just, all of a sudden, like you said, you get that feeling where you realize you're just this like small part of this big world, you know? I don't know. It's really cool. So I love going down the slide with my kids. Of course, I don't do it every time. So they get upset when I don't because sometimes I do, but I just love it. It's really fun. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm usually I was just going to say, I love the idea of giving yourself permission to play. You know, mm -hmm. so many times I kind of feel like I'm the facilitator, I'm the chaperone, I'm the supervisor, but it's so nice to, to you know, jump in with them. And this, um, you know, in the summer when we go to the beach and we're, we're setting up a wiffle ball game, you know, getting involved with the kids. And I have these great pictures of Joe in her bikini up to bat, you know, getting really into it. I think it's so fun to, to really engage. And I have to remind myself, you know, so many times I go to the pool with the kids and they say, mom, jump in. I'm like, oh, I forgot my suit, you know, and sometimes it's accidentally on purpose. You know, I didn't really want to get in the bathing suit anyway, but, um, you know, when I do, it, it's always so fun. Like Joe said, you know, go down the slide, do the biggest splash. I love it when the dads go off the diving board, um, you know, and create a tidal wave that all the kids, you know, erupt into hysterical laughter. It's, uh, you know, it's refreshing. It really is. So I'm hearing an invitation this summer to, even though we're very task oriented and we like things in order and, and we're busy with doing a lot of that stuff to let the childlike side of you come out this summer, you know, all of these suggestions are very childlike and playful and, 
everybody who described the things that, that they thought were playful and childlike really lit up and were smiling. I know you can't see our faces, but what were you going to say, Jennifer? Um, I think that's great. I mean, I love hearing these stories with the kids. You guys all have smaller kids minus you, Pam. And, you know, I'm envisioning myself doing, you know, being at the pool and I'd be the one wanting to go down the slide. My kids would be too, too embarrassed. Like they're at the age where they're like, no, mom, don't go do that. You'll embarrass us. What the heck? And I'm like, I'm going. And they think I'm nuts. Um, but I, I, when I do things like that, I'm trying to show them that even though I'm an adult, I can still have fun. And, you know, it kind of brings me back to my childhood. And, and I want, want them to know that it's okay to, you know, enjoy yourself, even though, you know, they think you're older because my kids joke with me. They're like, mom, you're so old. And I'm like, okay, thank you. I, I can still do the same things you guys can do too. So it's just a reminder um, to, to still have fun, no matter what age you are. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. I love that. I want to see you do that. Or I want you to circle back and tell us at the end of the summer and speaking at the end of the summer, it says, you know, after the peak of summer, the summer solstice, the energy shifts to letting go. You know that the late summer, you we all know what that late summer feeling feels like. You, know, you guys agree with me, you know, that feeling like where it's coming to an end. You know, one of my kids years ago, um, when he was younger, was so upset that the summer was ending. And I said, well, if it was summer all year round, it wouldn't be sacred. It wouldn't be special. But right. it's nice that we have these pockets of time that we can be childlike um, so appreciate prayers at your altar and you could include, um, this gratitude sort of, of letting go as we ease into the end of summer, because we all know that there's a rhythm to life. And even though you might not have kids in school anymore, like Jennifer and I are getting close to that space, um, you know, in college, um, but that rhythm of the year of the seasons, you know, really plays a role in our life, our whole lives. You know, even though you might not follow the school calendar, you still follow the seasons of it. And so that ending and that excitement of sort of buying your new pencils and new clothes for back to school is is, uh, is always exciting. But there's a letting go of, of, of the summer months and the foods and all of the, the grass that we walked in. So anybody want to add anything else before? I love that. I love this idea of not letting the summer go by without going down the slide, getting your toes in the grass, grilling out, you know, wasting some time. And I think that's a, a great invitation because right now kind of at the kickoffs of summer, I think that I'm very focused on kind of getting things together, organized for the kids. And I haven't allowed myself that time for playfulness. And I really want to make sure that I put that on the list and not just all of the, the errands and the accomplishments that I have in mind that I want to get done. So thank you. You're welcome. And so hopefully this was a nice reminder to get out there and be playful. Let's close today with this poem by Jane Kenyon. Let the light of the late afternoon shine through the chinks in the barn, moving up the bales as the sun moves down. Let the cricket take up chafing as a woman takes up her needles and her yarn. Let evening come. Let the dew collect on the hoe abandoned in the long grass. Let the stars appear and the moon disclose her silver horn. Let the fox go back to its sandy den. Let the wind die down. Let the shed go black inside. 
let evening come. To the bottle in the ditch, to the scoop in the oats, to air in the lung, let evening come. Let it come as it will, and don't be afraid. God does not leave us comfortless, so let evening come. Amen. I'm Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and you have been listening to Talking Joy, talks that help you realize your value while creating authentic connections with others. For more information about our talk today or to get in touch, you can find us at TalkingJoy.org. And to keep the encouragement going, you can also follow Talking Joy on Instagram and Facebook. Simple, joyful, fun. Thanks for listening. This is Talking Joy.